Back to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It's Tom and Bach. I'm Tom Stevens. That's Jake Bachhoven. People reacting to the list. A lot of people liked it. Um, uh, put Shang Ping's uh, jersey in the rafters. I, I like Shang Ping. He was, he was, where was he? Was he Chinese? I believe so. I think he was Chinese. Uh, didn't have a great career at Nebraska. I was just going to Google him. I wonder if he can. Somebody, uh, Tim says, watch your mouth, Happer, uh, talking about Ray Guy. That's right. He, I guess I didn't realize the stats were that bad. Because the, yeah. the ball he did, like he redshirted look, a year too to like uh, he like played a year and then redshirted probably after that fourteen percent yeah I think so he was uh, he was those fun uh, fun days even with some bad recruits uh, from time to time in Husker basketball but I agree with the number one Alex March Joe McRae Marcus Perry hey Shang Ping uh, is it was known as the Beast when he played in the Chinese Basketball yeah. Association he became the first Chinese player ever to sign in the Euro with a Euro League club nice. When he joined the Greek there you league. go. So, yeah. Shake uh, Ping went on to have a nice little professional career. Uh, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, uh, we welcome him in now. Do you remember Shane Ping for Nebraska basketball? Hmm. No, that, no. Name, that name is blending. The others that you mentioned, Joe yeah. McCray, yeah. Uh, Alex March, obviously. I don't really remember Shane Ping. Shane Ping, he was Chinese. Yeah, he was Chinese. He didn't really play. That's he didn't really why. play, but I do remember him as a part of. Was he a big guy or what? he was what like was, six nine, six ten? Yeah, six nine, six nine, maybe. Uh, okay, I have a vague, I have a vague recollection. I mean, yeah. it's all just, it's all, like Nebraska basketball. The 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 um, like the memory bank Man. is very is a very muddy file. That's I think right. Because I think because of the yeah. performance. That's right. Uh, that's, that's that's why it's like that. But, well, Shane Ping is a lesser version of Richard Van Polgeest. Back in the day, uh, probably. <laughs> I, remember him, I remember him, but he's a little before my time. That's right. Uh, being being uh, you know at, on press row, um, I I was having some flashbacks watching, and I know it was not in like a real like pleasing way, and that it was a lot of one on one, and obviously the result was was um, bad on uh, the other night. But I was I was having some flashbacks um, uh, in, in watching um, in watching Bryce McGowan to Teron Lou. Yeah. Uh, who you know I very much remember and, and watched play in high school, and he scored thirty in his, his second game uh, as a Husker. Yeah. Um, you know McGowan's a totally different kind of player, right. but but uh, the scoring potential is similar. Volume scorers, right. fun to watch. Real quickly, while we're on basketball, Nebraska coming off a loss to Western Illinois, uh, would you call tonight Sam Houston State a must win? I don't know. I mean. You don't want to be 0-2 going into the Creighton game, right. that's for sure. Yeah, that's must for sure. win for what? Like, must win, <laughs> like, not in the context that, like, we talk about must win with football. Yeah. It's, it's must win or, man, it's like you zapped all of the energy out of right. months of excitement about this roster, and they're going to have to, you know, win it, win, win it back. But, like, let's say they lost to Sam Houston State and then beat Creighton and started Big Ten play. Well, you're not going to go back and talk yeah. about Sam Houston at that yeah. point. Yep. So. I don't know. Must win in the context of like people being excited tomorrow yep. and next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic is our guest. You've written about the coaching carousel in the past, and you remember the end of the Frank Solich era uh, and you know that one year where he brought in six assistants, and you've written about it. 
it kind of mm-hmm. feels like there's some similarities to what Scott Frost is going through now, uh, having to hire four assistants. What are the parallels in your mind? Yeah, I just saw an ex, uh, ex-Husker this morning from the, it was a senior on the 2003 team on the defense, um, and we talked a little bit about that, about how this feels like 02, the end of 02, all over again. Now those coaches were, they were fired with one game left because Nebraska played in the Independence Bowl, but uh, not fired with games left in the regular season as we, as we saw this week. Definitely some similarities. And, and isn't it crazy to think that uh, that was where Nebraska bottomed out? That was, that was like the unthinkable bottoming out of the program that year when, when, when Frank Solich made those changes in, in, in uh, 2002, uh, and, and they were 7-6. and six. So 7-6, and six, that, was, that was as bad as it could get. And here we are at 3-7. and seven. Thinking like seven and six is like as good as it could get. It's like that's like the dream scenario yeah. at this point. So it's it's uh, it's come quite a ways. There are there are for sure similarities in the way that the staff changed. And, and so who's going to be the Bopolini? Who's going to be the, the the hot coordinator who saves Nebraska's offense next year and makes everyone uh, feel good about the way the Huskers play on the offensive side? That's that's what Bo did in two thousand and three. And, that, and that's, what, that's what Scott's looking for. He's looking for that guy who can just light a fire under the offense like, like Bo did in, in 03. Well, it's interesting, too, because some of the parallels that you make there, at least in my mind, is kind of maybe Nebraska could learn from the mistake of firing the entire Solich staff mm-hmm. because they just got rid of, you know, they got rid of Pelini and they, they, you know, that was one of their best defenses since then. And, they, you know, they got rid of Tim Alvin, who is now a, a, a head coach at Ohio. Um, is there a possibility you think moving forward? I think Eric Shenander has got to be among the hottest prospects that Nebraska's had underneath the head coaching position, you know, since those times. Yeah, I would agree on Shenander. Um, he's building his resume and, and is worth every penny that Nebraska pays him. Um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to gauge if he's going to get interest this offseason from, you know, maybe, a, maybe a, an FCS opening or a, or a group of five opening. I shouldn't say FCS. I meant group of five. I don't think Eric's going to leave an $800,000 a year job to be an FCS coach. But group of five, certainly. Um, or, you know, like even a high-profile um, power five job with a lot of security. Would somebody come calling for him? Perhaps, but the three the three wins, um, despite how well the defense plays, I think has has marred some of that. Um, I can tell you this in in you know mentioning Bach, like what Nebraska learned from 2003. It doesn't need to look back at 2003 to recognize that if this team performs like that one did and wins nine games next year, there's not going to be a coaching change. Mm-hmm. So if they can, if they can do what that team did. Then, then you're you're going to run it back in in 2023 with Scott Frost and this revamped staff. But the question is, what is a nine and three season for the 2022 Nebraska team? Is it six wins? Is it six and six and getting to a bowl game? And then you're sitting there wondering, well, did they show enough progress to make it uh, to, to make it happen for another year? Uh, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic is our guest. Uh, they won't make the coaching changes official, obviously, until the end of the season. Scott Frost says, but he's looking for fresh ideas, and that makes me think. Well, does that mean he doesn't know the guys that he's going to be hiring, or does he? You know, what does fresh ideas mean to you? Is it somebody outside of his uh, reservoir of uh, coaches? You think? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think he's going to look both ways. I think he's going to look at people who he knows people who have connections to Nebraska. And I, and I think really he's just looking at one job right now. He's looking at an offensive coordinator and then he's going to identify that guy 
and they're going to put their heads together once that hire is made. And maybe that offensive coordinator has a receiver's coach or a running back's coach that he wants to bring with him or a quarterback's coach. I would think the offensive coordinator will coach the quarterbacks. Um, but, but the other assistants, I think, can help be, help be hired. Um, that was a bad, bad sentence structure. <laughs> but the, 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 offensive co- the new offensive coordinator can help hire the, the other assistants if, there's, if it's two or three on the offensive side. And, and go from there. I, I think he'll look, he'll look both inside his orbit, you know, and then outside, and he'll probably expand it slowly. Like maybe he goes to a, someone that uh, a trusted ally recommends. Like he can go get a Chip Kelly guy or a Mark Helfrich guy or, um, you know, somebody that Sean Becton has, has worked with mm-hmm. in the past. I, I don't think he's going to just immediately jump to uh, coaching names that he has absolutely no connection to. That's not really the, the Scott Frost way of doing things. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. The news of the day is that the the you know the Nebraska uh, or the Nebraska media was actually able to get a hold of uh, the restructured contract of Scott Frost, and, and within there is kind of some weird uh, terminology about you know the reduction of the the, the, the annual pay form is going down to four million unless he can achieve mutually agreed metrics. Uh, to the two t- in in twenty twenty two, and then it'll bump back up. Does that mean you know what? First of all, what does that mean? And second of all, does that mean if he doesn't hit those, that they're you know, there's is there a is there a stand pad at four million, or is that just not a possibility? It's either we're going to give you your money back, or you're going to be fired. Well, that's a great question. I, I mean, if he doesn't hit the metrics, there, there's only a stipulation for what happens if he does hit the metrics that he gets to keep his job. And and, and what metrics could you be talking about? I mean, I don't think this is FBI or or stop rate. Yeah. Um, I, j- I joked with Max Olson, my, my colleague at the Athletic this morning, who has who has turned the stop rate into uh, a great metric. I don't think they're going off that. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's wins. Look, I mean, it's it's like it's wins, and they don't want to put in the contract. Obviously, you need to win a certain number of games, or you're not going to get your your uh, your money back, and you're not going to get a, a year extension. And they certainly don't want to put in the contract. You if you don't win a certain number of games. Um, you're, you're going to lose your, your job. So they can say, if you hit a metric, you will get this, um, you know, this reward. But there's always that, you know, what's the, under, what, what, what's the underlying meaning of that? What, what, what it, reading between the lines, what does that mean? Uh, they're talking about wins, and maybe they're talking about a, a postseason uh, appearance. That could, be the, that could be the metric, make it, to, uh, make it to a bowl game. And it's a great question of what happens if they – if they don't hit that metric. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to remain unspecified. Um, I, I don't expect, and, and I asked, and I know others in the media did too, ask the university if there's another document that, that uh, exists that can be released about what those metrics are. And I, I, I do not expect to receive that. That's going to be between Trev Alberts and Scott Frost. Yeah. And, you know, Ronnie Green will probably know about it, Ted Carter. But a, a small circle of people are going to have access to that information. The contract... Uh, Bach, as you mentioned, the Nebraska media getting a hold of it. Everybody can go view it. It's on Nebraska.edu along with other yeah. other contracts of, hmm. of high-ranking Nebraska yeah. officials. Uh, great stuff. Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. I wish we had more time. Uh, we were late getting into the break. It's our far. We could have had him for 10 more minutes. Yeah. Uh, we screwed up. Uh, good stuff, Mitch. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, have a good weekend. Thanks. Uh, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic, uh, great in times and all times of Nebraska football. But stuff like this, he just, uh, he's really good. Uh, let's get to break and come back with the blog jog next. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store. 
to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. This is Tom and Bach. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.